0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of TechNet Radio. I'll be your host Dan Stoltz. You can reach me on my blog at ITProGuru.com or on Twitter at ITProGuru. I'm super excited to have a very special guest and a very special topic today. We're going to learn a ton of new stuff including NASA's journey to Mars, technology inside the Mars generation, STEM, STEAM, women in technology and so much more. So fasten your seatbelt as we set our sights not only for the stars but on Mars too. Let me bring in our guest someone I met on Twitter, Abby Harrison her handle is astronaut Abby. Hi, Abby. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, Dan. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Sounds like you're working on a little bit of a cold there.
1: Yeah, I came down with something a couple of days ago, so.
0: Oh. So, um, uh, can you kind of just maybe start us off with uh, introducing yourself? Um, and uh, I understand, you know, you you've got this um, mission to Mars um, a project that you're working on, so maybe. Uh, a little bit of personal background about you, and then a little bit about your, um, your passions as well.
1: Yeah. So, I am a current first-year student at Wellesley College studying astrobiology and Russian. Um, I have wanted to be an astronaut for as long as I can remember. Ever since I was probably about five years old, I can remember looking up at the night sky and dreaming. I wondered what the stars were made of, how many of them there were, but most of all, I wanted to go there. Um, so as a kid, I grew up with this idea that I wanted to be an astronaut, and I would say it all the time. Uh, and eventually, my parents started to take notice of that. And so when I was 13 years old, they brought me out to Florida to watch a shuttle launch. Um, on the way back from the shuttle launch, I ended up meeting an astronaut in the airport who offered to be my mentor. Uh, two years later, Luca, the astronaut, invited me to come watch his Soyuz launch in Baikonur, Kazakhstan. And from there, I ended up using that experience uh, to launch a worldwide educational outreach program, which over the last couple months has evolved into a nonprofit called the Mars Generation, focused on exciting and educating this generation about the importance of space and STEM and giving them the tools and background necessary to help continue our excellence in space exploration.
0: That is so awesome. That is an incredible story. Thank you. Congratulations for, you know, being in the right place at the right time and being able to make those introductions. I'm sure there's like a, a, a ton of other people, you know, young young kids and students that, you know, have these aspirations of, you know, someday going into space too. So um, I'm thrilled to be able to talk to somebody that uh, that you know fits that
1: bill, and
0: I wish you the best of luck.
1: Thank you. Yeah, there are so many, which is part of why the Mars Generation is really important is because it's giving all these students who have aspirations like that a platform to not only have these dreams, but to start doing something with them now and to make a difference in their communities using their passions.
0: Yeah, Now you're a college student, but the uh, Mars Generation is more than just for people your age. I mean, it's for starting at very young ages and all the way up through, through adults, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Mars generation really can start as young as, as parents uh, want to help their kids start. The Mars generation is primarily focused on elementary, middle, and high school students. But, of course, there are ways that younger kids can get involved with their parents' support and help. And uh, there, there's a whole ton of things that people who are out of school or already in the industry, um, adults of any age, can also be involved with.
0: Yeah, I, I actually went on to the site um, after I met you, and a little bit more about how we met um, in a few minutes. But, um, you know, as a uh, Cub Scout leader and now Boy Scout leader, STEM and STEAM, STEM, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, and STEAM, uh, Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math, um, are of great interest to the you know the younger generations and you've got just a ton of uh, you've got some really good stuff for for teaching Um and uh, these are really exciting topics for uh, for youngsters so
1: thank you that's good to hear
0: now um we we actually met I, I actually met you because you tweeted something you retweeted something uh, about women in technology I don't remember what it was now Um but uh, uh, that was quite I don't interesting. remember either
1: because I retweet yeah. a lot of things about women in technology.
0: <laughs> so, because women in technology is actually a pretty important topic to me as well. Can you tell me a little bit about your views of women in technology? Because you are that person. You are a woman in technology and, and kind of get your perspective of the importance of women in technology.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That's a great question. And I'm excited that you're giving me a platform to talk about it on. Um, women in technology are so incredibly important. Women are 50% of the population, and they have been egregiously mis- underrepresented in the STEM fields uh, historically. And so it's really important that uh, we begin to make it not only acceptable, but but um, encouraged for girls to take an interest in STEM subjects. So once again, that's science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and one of the main ways that we can do this is by giving them role models and figures to look up to. Uh, so, by sharing things through social media, by providing these platforms where young girls and teenage girls and even college-age girls and even adult women can look and see other women who are doing incredible things and who are being successful and, um, and, and useful in the STEM fields, that, that really helps to change public perception uh, and help involve more women in STEM.
0: Now, I imagine that um, as a woman in technology, you also, once you get into technology, you know, from outsiders looking in, it's really sometimes hard to see a lot of women in technology, but once you're in the space and actually, you know, in the circles, there's actually quite a lot. Um, So uh, would you concur with that and, you know, is it difficult to find people that have like interests whenever you are a woman in technology?
1: I would absolutely concur with that. I would say that uh, for everyone in every field of STEM that you could look at getting into, once you get into it, you are very likely to run into other women who have either the same interests or who already are in that field. Um, my opinion on this might be a little bit biased because I go to an all-women's college, so, <laughs> so I can tell you that my my science classes are 100% made of women. Um, but during my experiences in in parts of the field that are not at my college, I have also noticed the same thing that there are there really are a large number of women out there in technology, and oftentimes they're very willing and excited to talk about their work.
0: And oftentimes they're very, very, very smart. So that's oh. my, been my observation. Um, adding that intelligence with the, the you know natural aspects of most women, I know I'm characterizing a little bit, but they're, they also tend to be very organized. So um, it, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air to have uh, to be around women in technology because they do bring a very different um, uh, you know, thought process to, to it. And, and I'm thrilled that you're out there helping to promote that because we need a lot
1: more. Yeah, the more diversity that we can get into fields like STEM and the more, the more different ways of thinking, um, different cultural backgrounds, different all these differences that people can bring to the table, the better things we'll get because a lot of STEM fields are based so fully on creativity. And differences of opinion are a big part of what creates Creativity, And so by having those different ways that people think and, and different ways that they can collaborate as a team is really an important piece and, and shows why it's so important that we continue to have this diversity in STEM.
0: So let's switch back again to um, the Mars Generation um, mission. And um, I understand you have three different programs that you, that you run. Uh, can you give us a, a little bit more detail about those programs, your target market, um, um, from, a, from a program standpoint?
1: Yeah, so there are three programs in the Mars generation and the first one is the Future of Space Outreach program. So that includes things like um, writing, speaking, uh, just all these different ways that you can do public outreach. Uh, The second one is the Student Space Ambassador program, which is basically a, a program that students aging middle school and high school can sign up for and it it guides them through the process of learning how to be STEM communicators, of learning how to do outreach in their own communities, Um, just all these different ways that they can take this passion or this excitement and interest that they have for STEM and space exploration and transfer it into interesting and exciting other people in their communities as well. Uh, So the third program is the Space Camp Scholarship Program. And this is a program that is very unique because it not only gives out Space Camp scholarships, but it also funds the travel for students to go to Space Camp in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, So we're looking at uh, offering these to students of low income who otherwise would not have the opportunities and resources to go to Space Camp, but who show an interest and an excitement for STEM fields. Uh, This year, we are lucky enough to give away 10 scholarships despite only being a couple months old and wow. so we're looking forward to seeing how many we can give out next year.
0: So where do, uh, where's your funding coming coming from to be able to do those scholarships? Can you share?
1: Yeah, our funding is from the ground support of people who believe in this cause. So it is almost all small donors who have each given a little bit of what they can to help uh, improve kids' lives today.
0: And, and that can be done from the uh, Mars Generation website?
1: Yep. So if you go to the Mars Generation website, you uh, can scroll down to the bottom, and you'll find a tab that says Sponsors or Get Involved. Um, and either of those you can find a way to donate on.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Can you go into some of your thought process around why you created the Mars Generation and why it's important to you know, help um, others get involved with, um, you know, the space exploration.
1: Yeah. Um, so the Mars generation is a cause that is really close to my own, own heart for a couple of reasons. The first reason being in the name. It's a, a way to produce a generation of people who are capable and who are excited to go to Mars. Because that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that if we do want to be on the Martian surface in 10 or 15 or 20 years, we need to have the people who are going to do the science and the engineering and all of the things involved in a task as big as that being educated now. So that means that we need to start funneling more students into STEM fields and exciting more people about going out and studying this and about being a part of something like that. So that in 10 or 15 years, we have the qualified professionals who can make this happen. Um, the second part is that growing up, being an astronaut was something that I always wanted to do. But I lived in Minnesota, and so there weren't a lot of resources nearby me that were focused or that were centered around, um, around space or space exploration. And if they were, there were, they were hard to find. I did eventually find most of them in Minnesota, but it took a while, um, and so the idea with the Mars generation is that this is a, a resource and a platform for students who are interested in STEM and space travel that is digital, that transcends boundaries. It can go anywhere, not just in this country, but it has and will continue to go to different places in the world. So. By creating this way that students who are interested in this can interact together and can get support and can get encouragement and uh, resources for their dreams, we're giving a lot of young people who otherwise wouldn't have um, have these types of resources uh, a way to keep chasing after what seems like a really big dream.
0: Well, I'm, I'm so proud of the work that you've done in this and, you know, very thankful that you're, that you're driving it. Thank you. So the... Can you tell us a little bit about some of the technology behind this? Because, I mean, you've in a sense, you've created a business out of this, Um, you know, a nonprofit, but you've got a website around it, you've got a huge following, um, and it's really taken off. So um, what did you need to do, or what were, you know, from a technology standpoint, what did you have to deploy to, to make all this magic happen?
1: Yeah, so the Mars generation does have a lot of technology involved with it and a big part of that is that, like I said earlier, the Mars generation is an organization that is based solely through the Internet. Um, This is, that's where a lot of the uh, things reside, is in the Internet. And so, with that being said, there are things, there are things like a website, um, things like social media platforms, all of those types of things that had to be created and had to be built in order to make an organization like this possible. Um, Technologically speaking, I think it's incredible. Every time I go and look at the Mars Generation website, I am just flabbergasted at how smooth it is and how easy it is for people to to uh, navigate. And I cannot take credit for that. Um, I, I did not build it. We actually had a fabulous web developer who volunteered some of his time to help make, uh, make the Mars Generation website. As far as the social media uh, channels go, those um, were something that were just important to us as an organization to have a strong presence on social media because that is where a lot of our target audience resides. That's where young people are these days. And it's a lot easier and a lot, um, a lot more uh, beneficial to go out and reach out to young people where they are and where they want to be talked to than to say, you need to uh, prescribe to traditional methods of um, of education, or you need to prescribe to traditional methods of getting your news. Uh, that just isn't going to happen anymore. But by reaching out to them on social media, by using these uh, platforms that exist, we're able to reach a lot more people.
0: So awesome! Now, from a, from a technology standpoint, boy, I can't even imagine the technology that goes into something as massive as you know a, a world collaboration on a mission to ultimately, you know, go to Mars. Can you begin to tell us kind of like from a training standpoint, maybe we'll start there, what, what you know, people that are, um, you know, the astronauts or, you know, um, the base camp and all of the things, What is some of the technology that they, and technology concerns, they have to uh, worry about and deal with, leading, even leading up this far out to a, a monumental project like this?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. The, uh, obviously, the technological requirements and, and involvement to do, a thi- to do anything in space travel, but especially to do a mission as complicated and as new as deep space exploration and, and particularly going to Mars, um, is, is outstanding. There's so much that we need in the technology field, a lot of which we don't already have and we're currently working on. As far as the technology alone for training, how long do we have? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's, gonna be it's just hit it's, a couple points. That would be good. <laughs>
1: there's there's so much that we could talk about. Um, I think that one of the things that I usually like to talk about, especially when I'm well, when I'm talking to anybody, because this is just a really cool thing that astronauts use to train, is the idea of neutral buoyancy, which is where uh, astronauts are SCUBA certified and they go and use large tanks of water to simulate space, uh, the, the conditions that you would find in space, such as microgravity. Um, this is the closest way that we can get to microgravity here on Earth for a sustained period of time, because of course you have the parabolic flights, more commonly known as the Vomit Comet, which can give astronauts... Uh, anywhere I believe from 30 to 30 seconds to a minute of um, microgravity time at the at the top of that parabola but 30 seconds to 60 seconds really isn't enough time for astronauts to train for missions so instead they use these massive swimming pools um, which which allow them to achieve basically the same feeling as you would get in space um, other technological preparations I mean of course you have you have things like the training capsules are very technological um, and I don't even know where to where to start on describing those except to say that they're they're complicated and to be honest, I don't think that anybody except the people who who work on them really understand what's going on there
0: so those are like simulators
1: yep, so simulators you have um Launch simulators, when we had the shuttle program, we used to have a lot of simulators of landings, and you would actually have have simulators in airplanes as well that you could uh, fly, but um, now I think it's mostly space docking while in space and doing things like that, learning how to use the Canada arm, all of those types of things.
0: Now, I understand you know, as you're going through kind of all of this, you hope to someday go to space as well. So maybe you can tell us a little bit bit more about how you're preparing today for, you know, hoping to get selected sometime in the very distant future whenever this thing actually happens. What are some of the exercises? What's the diet? Yeah,
1: that's a great question There are a handful of things that I'm doing currently to prepare to become an astronaut in the future and hopefully improve my likelihood of getting selected into the Corps. Um, The first one is obviously education. So right now I'm at Wellesley College getting my undergraduate degree in astrobiology and Russian. Um, The second one are things like scuba diving. I am an advanced open water certified scuba diver. And next week, actually, I will be going and getting my rescue certification in scuba diving. In fact, last night, I got my CPR AED first aid certification from the Red Cross. Um, so just different things like that, trying to gain those types of certifications before the process, and not only the certification, but having the experience in, mm-hmm. in those fields. Um, I'm also looking at starting flight training some at some point soon, um, and, uh, Flight training
0: meaning a pilot?
1: Pilot's license, yeah. Yep. Um, and so um, there are a handful of other, other things that you can do, like um, skydiving or parachuting sometimes is considered to be a boon when you're looking at getting into this field. Um, of course, learning other languages. I have some background in learning Mandarin Chinese and hope to pick that back up again once I finish my, my Russian program. Um, and then there are things, uh, like this summer I'm part of a biological research expedition to Lake Baikal in Siberia. Um, so just gaining those types of uh, ethical, scientific background and research experience is also really important.
0: Awesome. Uh, congratulations on your new certifications. Thank you. Uh, and, and good luck in, in, as you continue that down that road. Uh, How about diet and exercise? You know, uh, the whole, you know, train like a Martian, um, you know, uh, uh, camp, I presume that's not a one-time thing. That's, uh, That's more something that you do on a daily or weekly basis. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. For someone who wants to become an astronaut, diet and exercise are very important because health is not something that you can develop overnight health is something that you have to cultivate over over years, and, and hopefully over your entire lifetime. Um, for me, as far as exercise goes, I have been lucky, because in high school, I was a quad athlete, so I, I, I was a member of four varsity sports my senior year, um, or three varsity, one junior varsity sport my senior year, and I got to carry that over into college, so I'm currently a member of the NCAA varsity diving team at Wellesley, um, which this is different than scuba diving. This is springboard diving, like what you would awesome. see. Um, I did that when I was in
0: school.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a great sport. Um, but I'm lucky to be a part of a team because it allows me to have a team environment to keep up a solid amount of exercise uh, every week. I, I probably run about twice a week, um, and I lift weights twice a week. And then, of course, when I'm in season, I practice six to eight times, uh, a week as well. So exercise is very important. Diet is also very important just to make sure that you are eating healthy, to make sure that you are, um, balancing things appropriately and, and obviously building up strong bones with calcium and with, uh, um, other important nutrients as, as a young person, because that can carry over into helping you, um, Withstand the effects of microgravity better as as an adult.
0: So we don't have any s- uh, spacecraft now, as I recall reading from the news. Is that correct? Um, and what are our plans for this, you know, hopeful, you know, mission to Mars, if it ever happens? Uh, Timelines and space capsules and all that kind of stuff. Uh, do you do you have any of that information?
1: Yeah, so um, as far as getting back into low Earth orbit, the most likely way that that is going to happen in the United States is through private industry, which is really exciting to see happen. Because the idea is that if we hand over low Earth orbit and the ability to transport astronauts in the low Earth orbit to private industry companies, that frees up the government and NASA to look farther, to say, what else do we want to be working on? And the other thing that they chose to work on was deep space exploration, and particularly Mars, as the end goal. So um, as far as that goes, NASA is currently developing something known as the Space Launch System, which is a, a rocket propulsion system which will work with the capsule Orion uh, as, as a means to go farther than we've gone before and to sustain human life in space. The Orion has already had its first test flight, which um I, I can't remember exactly how far it went. I know that it uh it I think maybe it went thirty six hundred miles. Um don't don't quote me on those numbers though. But uh it's it's scheduled, I believe, to have another test flight in twenty eighteen and then hopefully to have a crewed mission in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Um which once that happens we're we're close to uh, having, we will have the capabilities necessary um, to start working on other parts of the mission to Mars.
0: Great. Thanks for all the, the great information. Now, a couple things I want to share with our audience how they can reach you. Um, I know your uh, your Twitter, I believe, is astronaut Abby, <laughs> um, And you have a website, AstronautAbby.com. Um, no, yeah, AstronautAbby.com. <laughs> Um, and then you have, obviously, the, the MarsGeneration.org. Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure that, uh, you know, that you want to share with, uh, with, you know, my audience, which is largely a technology-driven audience?
1: Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. Um, if anyone is interested in learning more, either about my journey or about the Mars Generation or getting involved in any way, uh, your best bet are either to go to, like you said, AstronautAbbie.com, the MarsGeneration.org, or find us on on a variety of social media platforms. You can find Astronaut Abbey and The Mars Generation on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, on Flickr, all these different platforms, generally under under some combination of either Astronaut Abbey or The Mars Generation. Um, Searching that will bring us up in, in most fields.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, and I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful that uh, this uh, video gets you some additional followers and drives some additional excitement around your train like a Martian and, and getting people you know physically fit and interested in in technology and um, deep exploration.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on as well. It's been a pleasure to talk space with you, um, and I really I do hope as well that this helps to. Uh, involve more people in science and STEM, space and STEM. Thank you. Thanks.